0: We're so glad you've joined
1: us. Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. We've got a brand new friend. We always we say that a lot because we like to bring in new friends, meet new friends, and if we really like them, we'll bring them back.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> a brand new friend for Perry and Shauna Mornings, brand new friend for you, Perry, but Gary and I know each other. Okay. Did you know that?
1: I did not know that.
2: Yeah, we were in Arizona together for a while. Well, let me first introduce you, and then we can catch up on all these things. But Gary is a lead pastor at South Blendon Community Church. He was a pastor of leadership and ministry development for New Hope Community Church in Gilbert, Arizona, for nine years. And that is where our paths crossed. Before he did ministry, well, actually we want to get into that story, before you did ministry. Yeah. Um, In fact, let's go to before the before you did ministry and tell us how you met Jesus.
0: Yeah, well, I grew up in the church. Uh, Growing up in the church, uh, learned about Jesus through that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you always have as you're, if you're somebody that grew up in the church and you really, you know, there's the knowing about Jesus and then getting to know Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And my story of getting to know Jesus started very young. I remember being in first grade, second grade, um, trying out the prayer thing. I had a few things that I was concerned on about in my heart, mm-hmm. uh, lifted those things up to God. And there were a few, from a child's perspective, miraculous things that mm. that happened that I go, mm. he's listening to me. Yeah. Well, oh, that's can, cool.
2: Can you share one of those with us?
0: For me, it it really endeared me to Jesus. Mm. So I was a, always kind of a stubborn kid. I don't remember the whole circumstances around it, but one was that... I had like maybe a favorite pair of pants and uh, all my other pants were dirty. They were in the wash. My mom was washing them and I had grass stains on these pair of pants. I was a, you know, a boy, right? Yeah, and my yeah. Mom was always getting on them. me for the grass stains on <laughs> right. my pants. So um, I was, in my mind, I'm like, I got nothing to wear. So I laid those pants on the floor. And I just prayed to God, God, could you get rid of these grass stains? Wow. And um, I woke up the next morning, grass stains were gone. The pants were in the exact same spot. People go always go, your mom took those and they washed them at night. I'm like, but h- how were they laid out exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. the same? So, yeah.
2: And, and even if that is the way that God worked, is that not yeah. God answering your prayer?
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah. Right. it was, What it did for me was it endeared me to Jesus mm-hmm. and made me go, you he heard me, about me. Yeah, yeah. He
2: heard me, and he cares about me. Yeah, yeah.
0: I
1: see you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah.
0: So that was kind of a young, kind of endeared me to Jesus, type of thing. But I, I think when I really got serious with Jesus was in high school. I went to a Christian school, private Christian school in Denver, and. We had a teacher who was just amazing. Taught the Bible, he brought it to life. I remember him throwing chairs across the room, oh, wow. very, very dramatic. You know, um, yelling, uh, setting up war scenes from the Old Testament, stuff like that. You know, uh, my freshman year was the year where he took you through the Gospels. So it was, it was all about Jesus. What is the Gospel? Reading through the Gospels. As we were reading it, it wasn't just the way he taught it. It was reading the scriptures and encountering Jesus through Mm -hmm. the scriptures where my heart began to both kind of have this burning sensation and a Mm -hmm. wholeness at the same time. Like, I want this, Mm -hmm. right? There was a longing for that. And then also, but every time I'd read it and see Jesus, I'd have this sense of wholeness. Mm
1: -hmm. It took you into the story. Yeah. Yeah. You could see yourself in the story. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen The Chosen. Yes. But that's what The Chosen does for me. It takes me into the story and and makes it more real for me. It sounds like that's what was happening for you as you walked through the gospel.
0: Yes, absolutely. And so it was that freshman year where uh, that's where I I said, I I really want Jesus and I want to devote my life Hmm. to Hmm. Jesus and follow him and... So that really spurred my journey to this day of growing in Jesus.
2: I'd love to know, Gary, how you became uh, a pastor. Like, what was, did you know when you were nine years old that's what you wanted to do when you grew up, or how did it unfold for you?
0: Well, it's kind of interesting. You start there, nine years old. So it's interesting you started at nine years old because there was a sense of a call. Back hmm. then, it was more like, "Hey, this these are the many things that would be cool to do when I grew up, yeah. right?" Mm-hmm. But again, my journey with Jesus in high school, when I really got serious with Jesus, I went to a small church. There is no youth group. There are a few youth uh, things like that. Uh, most of the people were sixty five and older. I always said I had a just a wonderful church of grandparents Mm -hmm. that loved on me. And, um, so I started a Bible study because there was with the youth, because there was no, you know, nobody to lead us. Mm. And then when it was time, we did a youth Sunday and it was time to do that. They, they looked at me and my younger sister and said, how about you guys preach the sermon? And so we did, and it was well received and that spurred me a little bit more. Maybe God's calling me to this, Mm. But at the time, when I was looking at what what am I going to do, where am I going to go to college, and things like that, uh and reflecting on that and praying about it, I sensed the Lord saying, yes, but not right away. okay um, and the reason was I was kind of in a Christian bubble, you know I you know I went to my church i my all my friends were Christian because I went to a Christian school from first grade to high school. The school I was looking at, Grand Canyon University is a Christian school, Um, and what I sensed was if I went right into that route and just did that, at what point in time am I going to meet anyone that's not a believer and know how to communicate with them? Uh, know what it means to work an eight to five job mm-hmm. and and then be called on to, you know, participate in ministry. Yeah. And I had no...
2: Volunteer your time after right. the 40 hours, yeah. I'd
0: have no context and sure. no understanding of what that would be like. And so I was feeling the Lord saying, yes, but not yet. You need mm-hmm. to um, be in the, you know, kind of quote unquote workforce yeah. and experience life.
1: Yeah, so. so so you got into being a financial analyst right for seven years and you met a lot of pagans Uh, there there were some
0: yeah there were some but it was you know uh it was pretty amazing i mean you you work in in a company and you got people from all different backgrounds yeah you know so and that afforded me the opportunity to minister there Mm -hmm. to share the gospel to let people know what i believed pray with people Mm -hmm. uh you know, my boss going through a divorce and really going through that and yeah. her asking me, what do you pray for me? You know, things like that. So it, it allowed me to go, well, this is what um, we're calling the church to do wherever they're at. Yeah. Right.
2: So what was the moment that made you realize it's time to step into seminary?
0: Yeah. So what happened to me was as a financial analyst, there was a period of time where two of my coworkers that I was working with they uh, both got went on long term disability or long term leave for various health reasons and my boss said I think you could pick up their full time jobs as well and you, it'll be a good education so I was doing three full time jobs oh, wow. trying to fit that into you know 40 hours which didn't work so it was more like 50 70 and at the time at my church there was a bunch of college students that said Hey, could you help lead a college group with us? Mm-hmm. And and then I was also working with the youth as a youth sponsor, as mm-hmm. a volunteer there as well. And so it all happened on one day. And I and for all of them, I said, I can't really lead. I don't have the time because this mm-hmm. is what's happening at yeah. work. But I said, I'll, I'll do a Sunday school for the college students. And then I'll just show up to youth group. Well, one day, i teaching Sunday school. I'm just exhausted from the day. I go in and I teach Sunday school, and at, at the end, I'm energized. I'm like, where did all this energy come from? Mm-hmm. Then our youth pastor was out of town. He said, Gary, could you lead the youth group, You lead the discussion? So I go home, I crash, mm-hmm. I get up, prepare, then go to youth group. And as I'm leading youth group, all this energy mm-hmm. again, I'm like, where's this energy? So I had to ask the Lord, what's this all yeah. about? And in my prayer time that evening, I said, Lord, why are you giving me energy for this? Mm -hmm. And I know you want me to go into ministry sometime. This didn't happen to me a lot, but it was one of those moments where I asked the Lord point blank, when do you want me to Mm -hmm. sign up? And he said, tomorrow. And I could sense that in my spirit. And that both kind of freaked me out a little bit. At the time, I had a one-year-old daughter. And uh, my wife was staying at home, right? Um, so I was the only one bringing home money mm-hmm. and to think about the cost of seminary and sure. all of that. So I said, I better talk to my wife. Good idea. So the next <laughs> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Next morning we're at breakfast and I um, share this. I'm like the Lord, I was praying to the Lord and he said that he wanted me to go to, to seminary. And she goes, when do we sign up? Wow. It's like, it's, it's taken you this
1: long to figure oh, wow. it out. Yeah, yeah. What I love about your story is how, even from a young age, you were really attuned to the Lord and seeking him for direction in your life. And that's, that's my takeaway is like, keep seeking God, keep seeking his direction, mm-hmm. keep submitting my will to his. And I just want to encourage you that you just check in with God more mm-hmm. than once in a day. And, and I love this passage. I think it's from Isaiah 30. It's whether you turn to the right or to the left, you'll hear a voice saying, This is the way. This is the way. Walk in it.
2: Gary, our lives kind of connected in the Arizona years. Yeah. So you were in Arizona, and um, my husband was pastoring a church in Arizona, and and the two of you did some work together. And I became a part of your story, not because I met you, Gary, but because I was praying. For your family. Oh yeah. So tell oh, thank us, you. yeah, tell <laughs> us about um, what happened during those early years and and what I was yeah. praying about. <laughs> yeah,
0: you were probably praying about in 2009. My son was diagnosed with leukemia. So I've got three kids, two daughters, and my son is in the middle, mm-hmm. and he was about six at the time. Um, and so we went through a a journey of of him having chemo for you know, pretty intensive chemo for about a year. And then what I called the kinder, gentler chemo mm-hmm. uh, maintenance for another two and a half years. And then about three and a half years after that, he was chemo-free, leukemia-free, went a year. We thought everything was all good. And then um, four and a half years in, so this would have been 2014 um, when he was 11, then uh, it, he relapsed, mm-hmm. came back again. And part of the amazing story there too is then uh, we looked at, well, what, what's next? And when it, when leukemia comes back, it comes back more resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's kind of like if, you, you know, if you have, uh, some sort of sinus infection and they tell you to take all of your an- antibiotics, and if you don't, it'll come back more resistant, right. the same kind of concept. So, um, the doctors suggested, uh, Bone marrow transplant. I remember the doctor looking across the table at me and my wife and said, "So who's quitting their job? Because this is going to be a full time wow. job." So he did get a bone marrow transplant. And the one of the amazing things, my older daughter wanted to donate, and uh, but she wasn't a match. Mm. And my younger daughter uh, was a ten for ten match. Oh wow! So. He was 11, she was 8, mm. and she donated the bone oh marrow for, for my son. Mm. Now you've um, got
2: two patients.
0: Right, right, yeah. So it's, it's a whole family journey, and then people like you and the church and uh, other family, they're coming along with us in, yeah. in that journey. Amazing, um, to me, a testimony of support, really, yeah. of friends, family. Without our church during that time, it would have been— very i mean it was difficult to begin with yeah. yeah i
2: mean to see your kid go through something like that there yeah. i'm i'm sure that you were thinking lord why not me and can i take yeah. it from him can i somehow take this so that he doesn't have to go through this yep. it, were there moments as you walked through the like the darkest parts of that journey where you had wrestlings in your faith
0: i think it was more wrestlings with how i could handle it mm-hmm. right um so more like, how do I walk through this how do I deal with this you know things like that again I f- it's not that I didn't wrestle with my faith in the sense that I was navigating it with with God mm-hmm. but I threw out it and there you know I think there's the big questions that you ask like um you know I think one of them was like if he passes away from this yeah then how do you deal with that mm-hmm. so I had to wrestle with those,
1: Kinds of questions. Yeah. When you thought, you know, to yourself, I can relate to this as a dad. Yeah. Because I've got a son and a daughter, but when you thought maybe he won't make it. Yeah. Know, what did that do to your heart and what did that cause to rise up in you?
0: Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess part of it was I, th- I definitely thought about those things. Uh, one of the, One of the things that was helping me through that time was um, being discipled. I was in a group with your husband that would meet and learning about healing Mm -hmm. and recognizing that healing is like sanctification. Sometimes you get that, you know, you hear about people that were alcoholics and then the Lord touches them and then they're not.
2: Right, in a minute. uh, In a minute.
0: And for some people it takes, you know, a lifetime, you know, and the Lord works with them over periods of time. Right. And that full sanctification doesn't happen till he come Christ comes again mm-hmm. so that framework was helping me think through healing Ben is going to be healed mm-hmm. our prayer is going to be answered uh, it'll be hard if that healing comes when you know it, you know when Christ comes again but we are also believing that it'll it can happen now mm-hmm. right so so that was the framework that I was going under and recognizing that, my son is in God's hands and that he's going to bring healing Mm -hmm. um, one way or another.
1: I want to know if your son, Ben, recovered.
0: He's fully recovered. He is, um, he's been leukemia free since his bone marrow transplant. Uh, He's now a student Mm. at uh, Calvin University. Um, So we're pretty excited about him and the journey that God has for his life and you know that was a rough time but we we do have the benefit of looking back and yeah. seeing God bringing that healing it wasn't like instantaneous mm-hmm. there were some instantaneous things that happened throughout mm-hmm. but yeah we rejoice every day
1: Your son went through leukemia not once but twice and a lot of lessons learned in that journey. Yeah. A lot of deep faith lessons in that journey. Scary. Yeah. And he's he's doing well. He's at Calvin College now. But yeah. his first time through leukemia, there was something really, I don't know, something that God just showed you about his own heart.
0: Yeah, I think um, when you got a, a six-year-old going through something like that, and they don't really understand what is going on, mm-hmm. right? And even if I were to explain it, to him at six, like he's got a pretty good knowledge of it now, but then it'd be like, this doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. For a six-year-old. So that's one challenge you have as a father trying to figure out how to com- communicate that with your son. All he knows is doctors are poking him. Mm-hmm. It's painful. And I, for him, I think the, um, the worst part was the pokes, the shots and all of that yeah. stuff. So this story comes with that context that, and it was before, what they do to help kids and other cancer patients is they put a port in so that they're not sticking the same place. And this was pre-port. And one of the things they had to do was uh, lumbar punctures, right? Now for kids, they they give them anesthesia so that they don't feel the pain of the lumbar puncture, which would just be horrendous. Without a port, he had to get A shot, an IV, in order to get the, you know, the anesthesia in him. Yeah. So one day I'm taking him to the hospital for his lumbar puncture. And I had a feeling something like this might happen. So I was wondering what I would say. And as we're walking down the hall, he figured out in his mind where he was Mm -hmm. and what might be happening to him. He stopped me in the hall and with tears in his eyes, he said, Am I going to get a poke? And and that moment, I thought as a father, well, he needs this treatment, right? In order to experience, you know, the healing, you know, to get rid of the leukemia. So do I lie to him to get into him in the chair to get what he needs? Or do I tell him the truth? Well, I know this is going to be a long process. This is a three and a half year process. So right there instantaneously, I knew I couldn't lie to him mm. because if I do that, I'm going to lose trust. Right. And every time I bring him, it's going to be even harder. Yep. So I decided I'm just going to tell him the truth. So I got down to his level and I said, Hey buddy, I'm, I'm sorry. And unfortunately there's going to be a lot of pokes. Mm. So yeah, you're going to get poked. And immediately he ran the other way. Mm. Of course, he doesn't know where he's going, how to get there. So he's going to stop eventually, but I have to run after him mm-hmm. and he stops you realizes I don't know how to get out of here yeah so I stopped him and I looked him in the eye and I remembered the gospel mm-hmm. and so that was the formation of my words to him is I said, look uh, look buddy, I know you're going to experience this pain but two things I want to promise you one, mom and I will always be with you you will never be alone. This is the number one promise in scripture that God says, I will be with you uh, to the end of the age, right? Mm -hmm. And and second, if you feel any pain, you can give it to me, squeeze my hand. If you feel like slapping me across the face, do that. Mm. And I recognize that's what Jesus did on the cross Mm -hmm. for us. So it made me think, okay, well, this is the father's heart. I have a bigger perspective that... My son is going to be going through this pain, but in order for him to experience full healing, right? I know the end game. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. And in my pain, in my life, the will of the father is full healing, but that might bring me through some pain to get mm-hmm. there.
2: Yeah.
0: And we often ask, like my son, who doesn't quite understand that big picture, I don't get this. Why is this happening to me? And what God is asking is the same appeal that I asked my son. Uh, You're going to have to trust me, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be with you, and I'm taking your pain with you on the cross. So those were some perspectives that helped me kind of understand the Father's heart, and when I'm going through pain, that that's the movement I want to go into. Mm -hmm.
2: We have Pastor Gary Jarvis with us. He's the pastor at South London Community Church, and he's been sharing with us. Man, if you're just tuning in right now, I want to catch you up on the story that he just shared. His son was diagnosed with leukemia at six years old, and there were a lot of pokes involved. And as far as the six-year-old is concerned, that was the worst part of having leukemia. So Gary was in the hospital with his son, taking him to get yet another poke. It was actually a much bigger procedure than that, but what he was concerned about was the poke. And, um, when he realized that he was about to go through another painful experience, um, he asked his dad, Gary, am I going to get a poke? And dad had a choice to make at that time. He said, you know, I could lie to him now, but this is going to be a long journey and I'm going to, you know, that's just going to cause distrust in our relationship. So he said, yes, yes, son, you're going to get another poke. And the son just took off down the hospital hall, And I'm telling you, I don't know what hospital you were at, Mm -hmm. that you painted such an incredible picture when you told us that story. And Mm -hmm. then as you went on to say, Gary, how you realized the father's heart in that moment Mm -hmm. for us, what it's like to be the dad of a child that's hurting and to say, "I this is not going to go away, but I'm not going to leave either. I'm not going away. I'm going to be with you through it all. And I couldn't help but think of the times in my own life when I was, that kid just running down the hallway like i just don't want to feel the pain yeah and the ways that i've you know tried to distract myself from yeah. the pain or you know i personally i i don't my story is not one of addiction mm-hmm. uh that sort of thing but just in the day in and then the day out I don't want to experience the pain of life. And mm-hmm. my primary way of getting away, my run down the hospital hall, has been to turtle. That's what I call oh, it. I turtle. Sure. I yep. just pull my arms and my legs all into my shell and like, you can't touch me here. And it's just a way of um, avoiding pain. You know yeah. what I mean? Just pretending it's not there. It's sure. a head in the sand kind of a kind of a um, survival tactic.
0: So we all have to either fight, yeah. flight. Mine would be Concept, flight, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> flight <laughs> right. in my inner world, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. But what does yeah. that look like for you in your own life? I mean, because you you saw the father's, you felt the father's heart from a father's perspective for the yeah. child that's hurting. But what about the times in life when you've been the child?
0: Yeah. Well, in some ways, in that whole journey, I was the child
1: at mm, the same time.
0: Right. So I think that was a kind of a, a Holy Spirit moment where God revealed to me because I had to be the father walking him through that mm-hmm. that the very pain I was experiencing of watching my son go through this was one that so for me I would say there was uh you know we all react to these things differently and you know there there is a sense of grief in the whole process because mm-hmm. your life changes oftentimes you get grief not just because someone passes away but like major life changes yeah. like Things aren't the way they were before. right? And the biggest grief moment for me was the second time when the doctor called and it was just a routine checkup on his counts, his, you know, annual checkup. And, and then they said, it's come back. And I, you know, when you talk about the flight component for me, I just grew numb. I could not mm-hmm. move out of my chair mm-hmm. and I kept thinking I can't do anything. I don't. I can't move. I'm numb. Mm. And somehow I got to call my wife and tell her this news mm. and how she going to react. Right. So all of that was painful as well. Yeah. I think though that part of, you know, learning that, and I think one of the best things though about, about God is the story I shared is like, my son doesn't know the end of the story. Mm-hmm. I have a better idea of the end of the story because I I can understand the treatments and right. where we're where we're leading to this, but right. I don't know exactly the end of the story. Yeah. But God gives us the end of the story. Right? He tells us this is all for this full restoration, full creation, mm-hmm. restoration. Yeah. yeah. And so one of the beautiful things about the scripture is even in those moments we can look to his promises of that future and go, I see the whole story. It's Mm going to take some time to get there. And so those are some of the anchors that I think helped me even in those moments to go, it is what it is. I need to call my wife and trust Mm -hmm. God with that conversation.
1: Yeah. If somebody's hurting right now, they're in a lot of pain and they just want to, they want out of it. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're running down the hall, Mm -hmm. trying to get away from that pain and, We'd like to pray for that person. We'd like to pray for mm-hmm. you, but what can you mm-hmm. say to that person running down the hall and I, I can't do this. I can't do this.
0: Yeah. I What I would say is uh, go to Jesus, run into Jesus's arms. Mm. Let him be present with you. He's promised to do that for you.
1: Throw yeah. yourself into Jesus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's yeah. pray.
2: Yeah. Lord, thank you for your presence with us right now. Even as we have this conversation, I know there are people's faces and names who are just running through your mind, and your heart is aching because you're a good dad and you love so well. And you want us to know that you are with us right now in this moment, in the thing that sends us screaming down the hall, even though we don't know where we're going, we just want to get away from the pain. You know every bit of it. Lord, would you give us just the courage in this moment? to take you by the hand and trust you to walk us into what is next to trusting that you're good trusting that you know what's best and loving you and letting you love us through it in jesus name
0: thanks for listening to barry and shauna replay to learn more text us at 800-968-8930 that's 800-968-8930